beings. Yeah. We're a spirit housed in a body. And so the thing that looks out is your body and your spirit together, which is your soul, which is you. But the emphasis is on the spirit. God breathed his spirit into us. Now, Adam and Eve, before they sinned, they had this spirit that was unhindered in connecting to God. But when they sinned, their spirit was disconnected from God, and that's kind of called a spiritual death. Now, when Jesus came and he died on the cross, and he made a pathway back to God through forgiveness, when we repent of our sin, and when we ask him to forgive us, our spirit is born again. That's where this phrase born again comes from. And all of a sudden we find that we can connect with God again. That there is an ability in us to connect with God. We can hear God. We can sense God. Sometimes we can experience God because he is in us. And the amazing thing of God being in us is that he can put thoughts into our minds, he can work through our emotions, he can do a whole load of stuff and speak to us. The challenge is that the spirit is housed in a body that is still sinful. I don't know whether you've noticed this, but even though we've asked Jesus to forgive our sins, we still commit sin. We are not perfect. We will be perfect one day, but that one day will be when Jesus returns and our sinful body is translated into a new sinless body that will live forever. So we have this kind of dichotomy, this challenge in us that we carry within us the Spirit of God, but it is always hindered by the life of the flesh. I was reading something this week that was really quite amazing. And it said, I don't know if you've ever thought about what freedom is. Yeah. For most people, freedom is to do what you want to do. That, that's freedom for people. I want freedom. I want to do what I want to do. The problem is that's actually not freedom. That's a prison. Because you realize that what we want to do is often not good. And this guy said, freedom is the ability to do the right thing at the right time. Think about that for a moment. The freedom in your life that you need is to be able to do the right thing at the right time. That you pray at the right time. That you seek God at the right time. That you're with people at the right time. That you're at work at the right time. It's the power to do, because quite often, I don't know if you're like me, but Saturday comes around and you've got a whole list of chores. You think, oh, I'll do them next week. Freedom is the ability that we can do the things we know need doing and we do them at the right time. Now, why am I mentioning all this? <coughs> because we are human beings who carry the presence of God. I think it's in Corinthians. Um, actually, I searched it on my searched it that's a really bad phrase um, I think it was 1 Corinthians one twenty eight. no it's not the right one it's uh, 2 Corinthians 4 
and verse 7. It says this, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not us. Now, I want you to make that a motto over your life for this year and for the coming years because if we can understand that the power of God is not our power because it's God puts it within us, but we carry it in us, but we are jars of clay. Now, jars of clay are really brittle. They're really fragile. They're nothing amazing to look at. And yet, the scripture says, here's Paul talking, he says, we carry within us the life of God, the power of God, but outside we are unimpressive. Now, I like that. Because the thing is, when I talk to most believers and say, well, does God want to use you? It's a kind of, yeah. Because we recognize the jar bit. We recognize the jar bit of our lives. We look in the mirror and we say, you know what? I got this wrong. I didn't do this right. And then we say, God can't use me. We come in a church meeting and we think, Lord, I need you to do something. And God says, well, I want you to do something. I say, well, I can't. Why? Because I've got this jar of clay that I am. And God says, but it's not about the jar. It's about what the jar is carrying. You carry something in God that is powerful and that can transform the world. I mean, we've said this so many times. If we go back 2,000 years, God chose 12 men who were not well-educated and they changed the world. Why? Because they recognized it's not about the jar. It's about what's in the jar. Jesus said that the good man takes good treasure out of what's stored in his heart. And the evil person brings forth evil about the evils stored within them. But if we are followers of Jesus, then we are filled with the Holy Spirit. We have God's word dwelling within us. And no matter how weak the jar is, the scripture here says, we have this treasure in jars of clay. And here's why it's in jars of clay. To show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. So here's the idea that you walk along, you're at work, and somebody is sick, and you say, can I pray for you? And say, yeah, and then you command healing. You say, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke this sickness. How are you feeling? Is it any better? And they go, oh, yeah, it's better. And I think, well, how did you do that? And say, well, this jar didn't do it, but the power did. It's what God has planted within you. And so when we look here, maybe 60, 70 people, if you're a believer in Christ, you are a carrier of the presence of God. How is it that these disciples managed to change the world when all they knew was how to, to, to go and get fish? Because when the Holy Spirit was poured out, God poured out a surpassing great power into them. And he said, this is what I'm giving you. And the thing that I want to encourage you this morning is don't look at the jar. Don't look at the jar. Don't be discouraged because of the weakness, because of the frailty, because of the brittleness, because of the commonness of the jar. It's not about that. 
We want people to be able to connect with God through us and recognize it is not us, but it is God. And I, I get great encouragement that when I look through the Scriptures, and then we have in, in 1 Corinthians 1.28, he talks about when God called us, we were not anything. We were not people of great standing. We were not wealthy people. We were not well-educated. We he goes through this whole list and he says, this is what we were. Because it's not about that. It's about God taking and transforming us by the power he places in us. Let me read to you a scripture from John chapter 12. Six days before the Passover, Jesus um, therefore came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at the table. Mary, therefore, took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of the disciples who was about to betray him, said, Why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put in it. Jesus said, Leave her alone so that, me sh that, so that she may keep it for the day of my burial for the poor you will always have with you, but you do not always have me. Perfume in those days was in a clar, uh, clar, in a jar of clay. I'll get my worms right in a minute. Yeah, it was in a jar of clay. And the way that you got the perfume out was you broke the jar. So what Mary did is she broke the jar and the ointment came out and she poured it over Jesus and everybody got all angry about it but here's the thing nobody ever remembers the jar but they remember that ointment they remember that smell think about this Jesus a very short time later was arrested those arresting him they would have said wow this guy smells good then he was taken into the Sanhedrin and said wow this guy smells good then he was taken to see Pontius Pilate. Wow, this guy smells good. Then they put him on the cross and they would have said, wow, this guy smells good. And they put him in the grave. This guy smells good. You see, what she did, everybody noticed because the fragrance of that broken jar went out about everywhere. Now, here's the challenge. We carry the treasure of Jesus in jars of clay and sometimes he's got to break us. Sometimes the brokenness of our lives is the thing that releases the fragrance of God in the lives of other people. I've seen, you know, in 30 plus years of ministry, I've seen time and time again that when people are pressured into hard times, when they go through loss, when they go through difficult things, that it is at that point that other people say, wow, there is something of Jesus in you that I can smell. 
Why am I saying that? Because we would like a suffering-free life. We would love to live a life that has no hardship, but that's not what Jesus promised. And he's placed within us this amazing power, but sometimes he's got to come and say, you know what, Simon, I've just got to break this a little bit and let some of that fragrance out. And I go, what are you doing? I don't like the brokenness. I don't like the pain. I don't like the difficulty. I don't like the hurt. But when we allow God to help us in and through those things, there is a fragrance that goes out and it impacts other people. They say, wow. You know, it's really easy to be nasty in a time of difficulty. You know, I've met people over the years and great tragedy has led to great bitterness and they're not very nice people. But God has placed within us his spirit and those things, those things become scars, they become wounds, but they are the things that other people look upon and say, how did you get through that? And we say, well, it's this treasure that we're carrying. He's called Jesus. He's with me all the time. He strengthens me. He helps me when I sin. He convicts me and I repent and he forgives me. He gives me strength day by day in a world that has gone mad. He helps me to have hope. He helps me to have joy. He helps me to have peace. And when I hit tough things, he helps me. A pastor was asked many years ago when somebody was going through a great difficulty, and he said, why me? I'm a believer. And the pastor said, why not? I mean, let's face it, we are not exempt from the effects of a world that is full of sin. We're not. I'm sorry, we're not. I know that God protects his people. I know God watches over us. But that, that does not mean that we walk unscathed through this world. And we have to reconcile ourselves with the toughness of it. Not too far from us, a church up the road, their pastor died of COVID. And we can quote Psalm 90, Psalm 91. We can quote them and the pestilence will not come near you. But he died of it. Did he have faith? Of course he had faith. But when we live in a sinful world, we are impacted by it. In all the world, the, the wars that we've seen in the world, there have been Christian believers who've had to fight in it and lost their lives in it. It's a very simple fact that we live in a sinful world and until Christ comes, it will impact us. But we have a power within us that helps us to navigate through and whether we live or die, we live or die for Christ. Actually, it's not about the issue. It's about how internally we carry those things. I found again and again when I hit a pressure point in my life, the struggle is not the problem. The struggle is inward whether I, I allow it to pull me down into darkness and depression and into anger and into all kinds of things that lead to bad fruit coming out of me. Or whether I sit with the Lord and say, Lord, this is too much for me. And he says, Simon, I will never ever give you more than you can carry. And if you come to me, if you sit with me, if you trust in me, 
then I will give you the power to get through. And that doesn't mean that I will be healed of every disease. That, that, that doesn't mean that I will not die in something that's going on in the world. But it means that while I'm on this earth, that I walk as a son of God in the power of God. Now, these things are a challenge because I would love to say to you that uh, turn to Jesus, come to Jesus, and your life will be uh, just wonderful, a bed of roses, and it will all be nice. But it's not like that. I mean, let me ask you this morning, if you are a believer, have you not had any problems in your life? Anybody a believer here who has never faced a problem or a difficulty in their life? Have a look around because there are no hands up. It's not about the challenge. It's about the treasure in us and allowing it to flow in us and bring healing to us, but flow through us into other people. Now, I think it's amazing that God has given us those things. I, you know, as I'm getting older, I recognize that the most valuable things that we have are not possessions, but are internal characteristics and qualities such as peace, joy. You know, you go through the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are the real treasures that we need. And what God does is through the difficulties of life, he grows that fruit in us so that other people can pick it. Have you ever thought about it? Because the fruit of the Spirit is a fruit. Yeah. And if you go to a tree, the fruit is there for people to pick, isn't it? I mean, that's the whole idea, that the tree grows the fruit and the fruit is picked for people to have. So here's the thing. So when God grows fruit in your life, is the fruit for you or is it for other people? Think a moment. You're the tree. How many trees do you see picking their own fruit? They don't. The fruit is there so that desperate people come to you and say, man, I need some peace. Hey, Sam, you've got this amazing bit. I'm going to have that. I'm going to eat that. That's really good. And I'll say to other people, man, if you go to Sam, there's some pretty good peace there. And we keep growing the fruit. And people keep coming and picking it. Because in the world, there's some kind of bad fruit. You ever had a, a gammy apple? Have this apple, you bite in and you think, now, did this have half a worm in? Or did I just eat half a worm? You know, you don't want horrible, rotten fruit. But you know what? When you meet people in the world, some of them, that's what they give you. They say, hey, come and pick the bitterness off my branches. Pick the anger. Pick the vitriol. No, no, no. People are looking for people where they can get some love and some joy and some peace and patience and kindness. And these things don't come with great pressure. I mean, we know all the examples. Diamonds do not grow on trees. They require great pressure underground for a long time to be formed. There is nothing in this world that is any good that is instant. Nothing. 
It requires time. So what am I saying this morning? I'm saying that God wants to encourage you that it's not about you. It's not about the jar that you see every day, but it's about a recognition that God has placed life within you that is his life. He's placed power within you that is his power. You are free to use it. Here's the thing. You are free to use it. The devil will come and say, oh no, you're not good enough. You can't use it. And what does he do? He stops God's people from using the amazing gifts they have because they've been told by the devil you can't do it. Well, I want to break that this morning. You can do it. You can do it. You can do everything because Christ gives you the strength to do it. Actually, that scripture is, should, should have been translated, I can endure all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can endure all. You can, you can go through anything with Christ. But you also have the power. You look at the spiritual gifts. You can bring healing. You can bring hope. You can bring deliverance. You can open people's eyes. All of those things because you are a jar that carries some treasure in it that is the most powerful thing in the world. Jesus demonstrated it. He passed it on to 12 disciples who demonstrated it. And we've had, 12, we've had 2,000 years of church history where we have seen a demonstration of ordinary human beings doing extraordinary things because they have within them this amazing power and they say, I don't care about the jar. And so be encouraged this morning. You have everything you need for life and godliness. You can overcome all things. You know, there is no such thing as a deliverance ministry because that infers that only a few people can do it. Every believer has the power to cast out the devil, to heal the sick, to raise the dead. It wasn't given to a few, it was given to all. To bring words of knowledge and words of wisdom. The one that we need so desperately in our world is words of encouragement. And I want to, to challenge you a little bit this week. Use those things. And whenever you think, I can't do this, ignore that and say, yeah, that's just the jar speaking. But I'm going to bring that word of encouragement. You know, um, I, I get texts on my phone. Um, uh, I've got a couple of other ministers that I connect with. And they send me through a scripture every so often as they're praying. And they think, oh, you know, I think this is for Simon. And you know what? It encourages my heart. It lifts me up. It strengthens me. There is power in God's word. We can do that with one another. That as you spend time in the morning reading the scripture and somebody comes into your mind, think, hey, I'm going to send them this. Say, I'm praying for you. You have a blessed day. Because the power within us is greater than the power in the world. It is a power that can transform this world. And it is time for us as the people of God to recognize it and to live in it and to allow it to flow. Let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you this morning that as we sit here, we all have a different jar that, we're, that we've been given. But I want to thank you that the power within us is exactly the same. It comes from the living God. 
It is limitless power. It is a, a, a well of living water that flows and flows and flows and flows. And Lord, I want to thank you that the longer we have been journeying with you, the bigger and the more fruit there is in our lives for people to pick. And I want to pray that you would help us, help us in difficult times to understand that you're breaking the jar a little bit to allow, to allow out more fragrance. But Father, give us the faith. Give us the understanding this morning that we are jars of clay filled with the very uh, all-surpassing greatness and power of God. Lord, I pray, would you bless your people? Would they know that amazing blessing of God? May God bless you. May he make his face shine upon you. May he give you peace today. And may you be an instrument of peace to those around you. May people come to you and without you even knowing, pick the amazing fruit of the Spirit from your life and find peace and rest for their own souls. So Lord, I thank you. I thank you for your people. I thank you for what you're doing. And I pray that you would pour out your Spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. <laughs>